Welcome to Hindsight, the podcast where I talk about games. I'm Clan, and this is episode 20. Today we're going to be talking about a few different games. Uh, so, going along with our kind of new-ish format from last episode, uh, I'm going to talk about not so much specific games, but uh, kind of just general experiences. So, uh, today is uh, what I'm going to call a hindsight recap. <laughs> I'm going to talk uh, just a little bit about what I've been playing this year, uh, what I like, what I don't like. Uh, of course, we're gonna we're gonna retread some ground a little bit just because uh, some of these games I've played I have already talked about in previous episodes. So we'll just jump right in. Uh, I started the year off strong. I try to get uh, a couple games out of the way right away in January. So, so far, I've been finishing about four games a month, so roughly one game a week. Uh, and I started the year off, New Year's Day, I played through Titan Souls. Uh, Titan Souls is a 2D, kind of Souls-like action-adventure game. Uh, it's kind of like if you took Dark Souls, but you made it into like a Shadow of the Colossus kind of thing. Uh, it's very good game. I love uh, the puzzle concepts and all the boss fights. Uh, it had been on my backlog for a while. I played through a good portion of it uh, and just never came back to finish it, but uh, playing through to the end was really nice. It felt really good to go back and beat it. Uh, like I said, the puzzle elements were all really cool. Uh, none of the fights really felt too similar. Uh, all of them felt pretty unique from each other, so uh, it kept the game from becoming stale in any way. Uh, really good indie title, and uh, I believe it's typically pretty cheap if you want to pick it up yourself. The next game I played was Shrek Hassle at the Castle. Uh, I finished this one January 3rd, two days later. Shrek was uh, the start of my year, and it is the first of the games on this list that come from the New Game Plus podcast, where I play along each and every week. During the first week here of 2022, I went all in and became a Shrek speedrunner. Uh, I momentarily claimed the world record before getting beaten back out by the previous record holder. So I was a world record Shrek speedrunner for about a week. And that was pretty cool. Um, it's not a very good game. I wouldn't recommend it. But if you really wanted to play it, you can pick up a copy for like five bucks at pretty much any used game store in existence. Uh, it's not worth your time. But what is worth your time is the next game I finished this year. Uh, January 16th, I finished Bomberman Hero. And Bomberman Hero is awesome. It is a really special game, especially back in January for me. Uh, largely marked what has become affectionately known as the Year of Klen. Uh, it was my specific game of choice for New Game Plus. When I jumped in at the highest patronage level and had my own dedicated episode on the game, 
uh, which I will probably throw into the description of this episode. Uh, so check that out. I spent the whole week playing and streaming the game, and I 100%ed it twice. Uh, the first time through, I played over the weekend uh, of the 16th, and I got everything. I was playing on my original hardware, on my CRT TV. Uh, it was just really nice. It was really fun to come back to that game that week uh, and get other people to experience it, some for the first time, and some people getting to uh, go back and figure it out. So uh, that was fun. Bomberman Hero is kind of unique as far as Bomberman games go. Usually they're kind of 2D puzzlers in some way, but uh, Bomberman Hero was a 3D platformer uh, with a lot less puzzle elements, and it included an actual jump button kind of like uh, Breath of the Wild did. Uh, so that's cool. It's a very different Bomberman game if you have played a few in the series before this. Uh, the next game that I actually also beat on the 16th was Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, I should mention that when I beat this, this was the bad ending. This was not the reverse castle route or any of that. And I kind of just wish I had enjoyed the game more. Uh, I didn't really love it. I I had a really good time for like the first eight-ish hours, uh, and then honestly, I was kind of done with it. Even knowing that there was more to that game that was you know hidden and there were other areas, even knowing and looking it up, I could not figure out how to even get to some of these areas, and it just left me so frustrated. Uh, I never even got to the reverse castle. I just kind of settled where I was with it. Uh, and yeah, um, I don't know what else to say. I, I, I wish I had had a better time completing that game than I did. And that was just kind of sad. Then for a game that I actually loved completing, the next game I finished, which I don't... it kind of almost doesn't count anymore because they have added so much content to it. Uh, on the 23rd of January, I finished Vampire Survivors. It, the game is awesome. For like three bucks, I picked it up on the weekend and finished all three characters that they had at the time. Uh, and I got all the Steam achievements, at least that they had. If they have added more, I'm not sure. Uh, the game, like I said, has had updates since then. Uh, there's a lot more content from what I understand, so it might be worth a revisit at some point, but really, really good. Uh, definitely worth checking out if uh, you got a couple bucks and a couple hours sitting around, burning a hole in your pocket. And then I got into another game that just kind of destroyed my life for a while. We got Pokemon Legends Arceus. Ar Arceus. Arceus. That's right. Uh, Arceus was a genuinely special experience for me. I am not usually someone who enjoys Pokemon games because of the grind and some of the really antiquated gameplay mechanics. Uh, it's just really dated and stale. Um, but Arceus let you run through the game at your own speed, play it your own way. You got XP from catching Pokemon, you got XP from fighting Pokemon, uh, really just like doing anything that you want. Uh, 
felt like forward progression, and it was really, really good. Uh, I think it was a really welcome change to the 30-year-old formula that Pokemon has been using. Uh, the game has me anticipating Gen 9 coming in January. I'm really hoping that they follow up the gameplay design from the side project and just kind of catapult the series into the like a new generation, like an actual new generation and not just a new Pokemon. I am very much looking forward to that, actually, and I never thought that I would say that about a Pokemon game. So that is really good. That is a great outcome from Arceus. The next game I finished was in February, February 12th. I finished Quest 64. Uh, this was the first game in the list that I played as part of my scheduled 64 Saturday Twitch streams. You can catch those on twitch.tv slash clinathstar, I believe. I think there's a an underscore or something, but uh, I'll have that link in the description as well. Uh, I found a lot to love in this game. I know people kind of hate on it. Uh, people don't really love Quest 64, and I don't, I don't really get that. Uh, obviously, like, it's not perfect. There's definitely flaws. It's far from the best uh, RPG, JRPG, whatever, uh, whatever you want to classify it as. It's not even the best 64 game by any means. Uh, but I had fun. I... I loved the spellcasting system, the combat was really cool, uh, the way that turns work and the amount of strategy you had uh, in battle was really cool, I loved the level up system, all the secrets around, uh, I just had a really, really pleasant time with it. Yeah, that's kind of all I've got to say on Quest 64. I did end up uh, going and picking up a copy of Quest 64 for myself, I really wanted to just own it after I'd played through it. Uh, so I went and did that because I enjoyed it so much. So then uh, I had a little bit of a break. I took me a little while to beat a game after that. Uh, for whatever reason, I was jumping into Twitch streams and uh, not really getting caught on anything for a little while, but uh, come March 16th, I beat through Mega Man 1. Mega Man 1, I have probably said enough on the podcast about these games, but I still pretty much enjoyed this one. Uh, it was fun to see where the series originated from and kind of get an idea of where the series moved from afterward. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, I remember, you know, I've played parts of Mega Man 1 in the past and I didn't really get it. Uh, I didn't really love it very much, but I mean, with save states and uh, just playing it on stream really made the the experience a lot better for me when I came back to it and beat it. And then, of course, the, uh, the next weekend, March 22nd, uh, I played through Mega Man 2. Mega Man 2 was really good. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot more than the first game. I pretty much loved every minute of it. Uh, and I, it's the only one of the three I played that I would go back to. The Robot Masters, they all felt unique. I thought the Wily stages were great. 
the pacing of the game was pretty much perfect and the game really never wore out its welcome it was like the perfect length uh everything you know pretty much felt different uh it felt inspired nothing felt like it was retreading ground uh from the game on its own or from the first game either uh i really liked it i had a great time Speaking of having a great time, the next game that I beat that Saturday, uh, March 26th, was Wave Race 64. Freaking Wave Race. Oh my goodness. Uh, This was another 64 Saturday title. I had so much fun with this game. Between the music, the controls, the really surprisingly good visual design, it surprised me that I hadn't played this one earlier. This was a really good racing game on the 64. The hard difficulty setting is, like, absurd, like arcade difficult. If you've played some of those arcade racing games, uh, it's like that or harder. But I had a lot of fun with this one. Uh, and honestly, I might have to come back to it at some point, because it, it just it was such a blast. It was such a blast. A few days later, March 30th, I uh, finished through Survival Kids, another uh, New Game Plus game, Game Boy Color, uh, and this was another speedrun game for me. I didn't realize at first, but uh, it was a precursor to the Lost in Blue series on the DS, which is a personal favorite of mine. I spent a good portion of my teenage years playing the Lost in Blue games, so it was really cool to see some of the earlier versions of the concept. Uh, and in Survival Kid, I thought it was all really cool. I, in a lot of ways, I almost prefer this Game Boy title to the later DS versions. It was really streamlined. There's a lot of uh, a lot of kind of mechanical jank in the DS games. I don't really know how to describe it. Like they tried to be cinematic with it in certain ways, and it just kind of makes the game feel really slow. And uh, the survival mechanics as well in the DS games are just a little more brutal. Survival kids, you can kind of just eat whatever's on the ground and you're pretty much good for the most part. You don't really run into a lot of issues where you're running low on health or hunger or water or anything else. Then the next game I beat was uh, welcoming us into April. April 5th, I played Mega Man 3. And, yeah, it's the the third classic Mega Man game. I've already talked about this game. Doc Robot Stages, huge black mark on this game. Uh, The the other thing that just has really stuck with me is that shrill ringing that plays after you beat the Wily illusion at the end. It gave me such a headache. And I I just didn't... I didn't like it very much. I wouldn't come back to this game... Slide mechanic I didn't like. Uh, I didn't like how it was basically forced in order to beat a lot of the robots. Um, in a lot of ways, I didn't think the game was very good. It didn't teach the player very well. It was absurdly hard, in my opinion, compared to the other two. Uh, and I did just... I don't know. I didn't think it was very good. Uh, next game I beat was uh, April 23rd, Castlevania on the 64, another New Game Plus title. Uh, and surprisingly, it's 
it feels like sacrilege to say this after talking about how I didn't like Mega Man 3, but I kind of enjoyed this one a lot. Uh, I was initially really frustrated by the platforming because uh, it's just really loose, uh, but there is a lot of freedom in it, and I got used to it eventually. The second half of the game was really, really good. Uh, I thought the voice acting was pretty good for 64. Uh, Castlevania for voice acting is kind of a bit ahead of its... I wouldn't... I don't know if I would say ahead of its time, but it kind of dove into that before other people did. Uh, and in general, I thought it was a fairly clean and nice game. Uh, I, you know, if you come in with the expected level of early 3D jank and blurry textures, you know, that you're pretty much going to get in 64 games, you might have a good time with it. Uh, I thought it was nice. thought it was okay. Uh, the next day, April 24th, I played through Super Bomberman. Super Bomberman was the first game I finished this year as part of my SNES Sunday streams. Being used to uh, either the really modern or extremely classic Bomberman games like Bomberman NES or Super Bomberman R, uh, it was really fun to kind of get the best of both worlds with Super Bomberman. Bomberman NES is a really rough experience. Uh, it feels boring. All the stages and the enemies feel really recycled. Uh, everything just, it gets bland after like a stage and a half. Kind of in the same way some of the older arcade titles do, like if you've played the original version of Frogger that's just like colors, or like the Atari version that's just like colors and rough, rough sound design, something like that. It just like, it doesn't really stick with me. Uh, but Super Bomberman was really fun from the beginning of the end to the end. Uh, each of the areas felt different. Each of the stages uh, felt like it was building towards something. And uh, the boss fights were a huge highlight for me. Those were all super fun. Even towards the end, I had some troubles trying to get stuff to work right. Uh, I couldn't figure out how to throw bombs. Most of that was on me. Uh, for the most part, but in general, I thought it was really good. I would play it again. It was great. It was great. April 29th was uh, basically the release of Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. Without giving spoilers, the Stanley Parable was originally a game I would argue is an absolute must-play. It is a narrative game that should be experienced by pretty much everybody, in my opinion. And the Ultra Deluxe version is even more so. The added content in this version is more than worth the price, and I did not regret spending the $25 on this at all. I laughed, I cried, I took the door on my left, and I went up to my boss's office. And here we are to the game that maybe I, I'm dreading talking about. I put a review up uh, last week on Tunic. Uh, I beat it Mar May, we're in May, May 5th, uh, right before the move, uh, or right after the move? No, it was right before. So right before the move, I finished up Tunic. I started writing up my thoughts. Uh, I have a lot of opinions on it, and I've got a lot of issues with it too. Uh, I think it's really interesting how 
a game like Titan Souls uh, that I mentioned at the beginning made me feel so much more like I was solving actual puzzles and overcoming challenges rather than just banging my head against a wall. Uh, a wall that the developer quite intentionally erected in front of me. If I could go back and experience Tunic knowing that it wants me to solve everything in it, I think I would have had a better experience with it, but the game is so entirely hands-off that it often felt to me like it was a game that was designed to be against the player's best experience. And while I totally understand that the issues I had with it probably won't be an issue for other people in the game, it's forever going to be the great game that I hated playing. And that's kind of unfortunate. I, I feel really bad about that. I, I wish I had had a better experience, and I'll say that for all of time. <laughs> but there were just really severe issues with my experience of the game, and that just kind of kind of makes me sad. But that's all I got to say on Tunic for now. That I might have an episode in the future to talk more about it, but uh, that's what I got for now. Super Castlevania 4. I beat May 15th after the move. This is the last game that I've finished so far this year. I initially started playing through Super Castlevania 4 on the Anniversary Collection, but it didn't grab my interest. Uh, I fell off within two stages or so, uh, and coming back to it, I still had a pretty rough time with those first few stages, but as soon as I got past those, the game felt so alive and excellent. Even though I thought a lot of the music was pretty subdued as far as Castlevania music is concerned, the last few bosses gave me some classic gaming difficulty, but as a seasoned retro gamer and champion of ghosts and goblins, they didn't stand a chance. Uh, I had a great time with Super Castlevania 4. I didn't exactly expect to. Uh, I have typically not really loved the classic Vania games, uh, but giving this one another, sh another shot uh, gave me a lot of hope. I've been playing back through Castlevania 1, uh, on my Retroid Pocket 2, and it's been good. I've been having a lot better time with it. Uh, shout out to Super Gamer Guy, the legend who pushed me to play those Mega Man and Castlevania titles, for better or worse. He has been absolutely dominating through the Bomberman series this year, and has been keeping a tier list of the games. I I can't wait to get into Saturn Bomberman and some of the later Super Bomberman games, because uh, I know that they're supposed to be a lot better, so I'm looking forward to those quite a bit. One of the big changes to my gaming experience recently has been the addition of my Retroid Pocket 2 Plus I mentioned just a bit ago. Uh, it has made a huge difference in the ease in how I can access a lot of these games. I've been spending a lot more time playing retro games since it was delivered. Uh, I ordered it back in January, and it was finally delivered at the end of April. Uh, so far, I haven't finished any games on it, but I have been playing Castlevania, like I said. Uh, I've been playing Super Mario 64 DS, uh, Kirby and the Amazing Mirror, and uh, The Sims Bustin' Out. Kind of an eclectic uh, collection of games, I guess. 
The Retroid Pocket revealed one of the things about my gaming preferences I hadn't realized until now, uh, that portability and easy setup is really important to me. It's been really great that I can pick up my little fella within, and within usually just a tap of the power button, I can be back in the game I was playing uh, if I'm just, you know, picking it up for a few minutes, just like the Switch, but either due to the games or just the smaller size, I found it a lot nicer to pick up the Retroid compared to, like, the bulkiness of the Switch, uh, and I can't really put my finger on why that is, but I've just found it to be so much more fun. One of the things I've also noticed this year is that I like to have multiple games in progress at once. Uh, currently, uh, like I said, I've got Castlevania, Kirby, I also have Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell all in progress right now, uh, as well as a few uh, Steam games. I have Revita, Loop Hero, and Soundfall I've just picked up in the last, like, week. So having multiple options from different genres that I can jump into makes it really easy for me to find a game to play, no matter what mood I'm in. Uh, Soundfall is a really great quick game to pick up and jam out to some music, uh, while Kirby is a great chill game to play before bed. Uh, Castlevania and Splinter Cell have fit a really nice spot if I'm looking for something with more challenge, uh, if I've got a little more time to spend with it, you know, to sit down for uh, some story value or just straight gameplay. For the rest of the year, uh, along with, of course, the weekly New Game Plus games, I'm planning to finally finish Chrono Trigger, as well as Final Fantasy VI. A couple other titles I really want to finish are the two Bloodstained games, and of course, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 comes out in July, and I will be playing through that, hardly taking a break to sleep, I'm sure. Uh, I cannot wait for that game to come out. I am, have been a huge fan of Xenoblade. Uh, ever since I finished Xenoblade Chronicles 1 uh, back on the 3DS in my early years of college. Uh, so I have seriously been looking forward to that game, and I cannot wait for it to come out. Thanks for joining me in a little memoir through the first half-ish of 2022. Uh, I'll probably continue to make these every so often, maybe like twice a year, uh, just to catch up. So, of course, thanks for bearing with me, uh, pushing this episode a couple weeks, just with the whole moving thing. Uh, the new space is all set and ready for more content to be made. You can find all of that, of course, on your favorite podcast provider where you're listening to this, hopefully. You can also find my stuff on YouTube where I upload uh, game reviews and music, or you can catch me on Twitch where I play retro games on the weekends. But uh, that's all I've got for you today, so until next time.